Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to Latter-day <laughs> Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Oh, God, <laughs> what was that? Oh, no. Let's go with it. Okay. Leave, leave that in, Dan. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. And welcome to the podcast, Yeah, thanks. Everybody. What's this month's podcasting about, oh, Mary? We are in the... Well, we're just starting out. I was going to say we're in the middle of it, but we're not quite there yet. We are mm-hmm. starting out on Spirituality Month of July. God damn it. So how many times I have I turned to tell it off, you? but I actually turned it on. It was already <laughs> off, and then I flipped it. Oh, Lordy. And the electronics. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I think we're all muted now. Muted. Are we muted? The dogs aren't, but... Well, there's that. They're sleeping, so we better hurry. We actually introduced the spirituality thing in our letters podcast, which is the midweek mail podcast. Yeah, there were podcast a few more times. Podcast. There were a couple of people who asked me how to find that, thinking it was a separate podcast. But it's actually we just threw it in there with our normal LDL uh, Latter Day Lesbian podcast. It's just kind of sandwiched in between episodes. So I think um, episode one is between like. Is is thirty one between thirty one thirty two or something? Anyway, it's all going to be on the same podcast. So you don't. It's not a different podcast. Just find correct. It. And correct. they're going to go in order, starting at number one, and they will be labeled according to the names of the people whose letters we're reading. That so. is right. All that is correct information. Thank you. If you would like to submit a letter or a voice memo, you can do so by going to our website latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. And get in touch with us. I like it. I like it too. Speaking of letters, we wanted to read one. We just got another one from Jacob. Ooh, update. Update. Update from Jacob, who mm-hmm. is that young man who's about 14, I think. Yeah. And he's feeling sort of stuck in the Mormon church and his super Mormon family and was actually contemplating suicide. Yeah, pretty sure we read that letter last week on our normal podcast. On the regular. Regular. It's on nothing, the regs. nothing normal about us, but <laughs> on the regs. Yeah, I wanted to read an update. Here we go. It's Jacob again, and a lot has happened since the last letter. I had to go on a week-long campout for young men, which is supposed to be, quote, faith-promoting, but those campouts are always horrible for a combination of reasons. My house has been chaos because one of my older brothers is leaving for his mission tomorrow. A bit about me is that I live in San Antonio, Texas. Nice. Another Texan listening to us. Yay. We're going to just infiltrate that state, I'm let's telling take, you. Let's take over Texas. Let's take it the over. Texas takeover. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. I have four brothers and I am the middle sibling, so there is always a pair of eyes on me. Creepy. My family has always been that family that constantly tries to be the perfect Mormon family. Oh, that's hard, Jacob. I know. It's yep. hard. Shelly can relate. Mm-hmm. When you replied to my last letter, it made me feel so noticed and made me realize that there are people rooting for me on the other side. And that is so true. That feeling was comparable to what I felt when you read and discussed my letter on the podcast. It really helped me understand that I do have the courage to walk out from the church. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm basically doing fine for right now, but I think my parents are starting to keep a closer eye on me. I think they are trying to keep me as invested in the church as much as they can, so they signed me up for EFY, which I'm not too happy about. What What is that, Shelley? It's called Especially for Youth. It's um, like sleepaway camp, kind of, in that it's boys and girls go to typically a university, BYU or BYU-Idaho. I mean, they're all over the place, but— it's run by camp counselors and it's all very Mormon centric. So Every it's going to be your man, yes, going to be your manipulative testimony bearing bullshit, and it's just another form of brainwashing. So I am glad that Jacob recognizes that it's not for him. Yeah, and I will be praying for him that oh, he gosh. will not give in to the guilt and the shame and the manipulation that goes mm-hmm. on in these places. That's right, and it sucks that he has to go. But the kid's fourteen. You know, he's just sort of stuck. But I, I love that he knows. It's not for him. Anyway, he's not too happy about this EFY thing. I do not blame him. Yep, because I would have to dye my hair from blue back to brown, I guess. Oh, we're already starting off with some uh, honor code violations <laughs> oh. at age 14. That's oh, nice. Gosh. No no, uh, no self-expression there. No, Mm-mm. no, no, no. Uh, he says it already took so long for his parents to let him dye his hair And now he says, I have to undo it to fit the dress code. 
I also specifically told them beforehand not to sign me up, but an hour later they said they had signed me up and already paid. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. I feel powerless because they never listen to what I have to say. Yeah. So there's something about being a Mormon parent that makes you want to force your kids to stay faithful in the church. Yeah, you know, what is up with that? Yeah, well, they talk all about agency, agency, but as a Mormon parent— if your child uses their agency to pick leaving the church, there's nothing worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you start sending them to all the all the Mormon shit. That's why you make them watch Mormon videos. That's that's my dad is like the king of that. Mm. Um, that's why you get them into BYU. That's why you require that they attend seminary or they don't get access to a car. Um, that's oh, really? why you bribe your kid to go on a mission and say, I will, I will buy you a vehicle when you get home. I know people like this. Wow. Yeah. And people are like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go on a mission for two years, come back and get a new car to go away to college. But then it's the next thing that entices you after that. And then the yeah. next thing after that, yeah. just stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. Cause they know that it's difficult to keep people. And the, yeah. the funny thing is, is that, I don't know if it's funny or not, but my, my generation of parents, it's hard for them to understand why anyone would leave, but they don't. They didn't have the internet back then. They didn't have knowledge back then. Sure. And even if you were unhappy in the church back then, you still knew, in quotations, that it was true, so you stayed. And you couldn't do all this research. No, not at all. And so I was doing the same thing, didn't like it, stayed in it, Yeah. and then started investigating, and whammo, done out. Mm-hmm. That's what people are doing now. This younger generation that was supposedly saved to be valiant in the latter days, they're smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do your own research, people. Yep. Anyway, he says, that's all I've got now and things are starting to slow down. I am safe in the position I'm in now, but I'll keep you updated if anything happens. Bye for now, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. That is awesome. I had been thinking about him, hoping he was going to reply. So yeah, yeah. Jacob, thank you, because we were worried about you, and yep. we really do care. And I bet some of our listeners are worried as well. So thank you for the update. Keep them coming, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll check in on you periodically. Sounds good. So this letter of his reminded me of, um, we were sent an article by a couple of different people today. One of them is our patron, Linda S., Thanks, Linda, for sending in this article. I wonder if it just came out. It's called Mormon Church versus the Internet, mm. and you can look that up. It's an interesting article about kind of what we were talking about with people starting to do research. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't take long with a little investigative work on your part to kind of piece some stuff together and think, you know what? I'm starting to think this is all fake. <laughs> what? <laughs> just starting to think so. Girl, that's crazy talk. <laughs> One person in the article was talking about how Joseph Smith supposedly, and I didn't realize this and I started reading about it, but Joseph Smith supposedly predicted Christopher Columbus coming, discovering America within the Book of Mormon. Like mm-hmm. he predicted it, right? <laughs> Even though it was written after the fact. <laughs> yeah, which is odd because, well— it's written after the fact because he wrote it, but he's claiming that he found these plates that had these words on right, them. Right. And also in the plates, uh, the Book of Mormon, it says about how a person by the name of Joseph will be the one to restore the gospel. That's easy for you to write, <laughs> Joe. All <laughs> right, like, seriously, sure. yeah. But yeah, so supposedly the Book of Mormon predicts Christopher Columbus discovering America, but this person reading about that or hearing about that, maybe from the pulpit or wherever she was hearing it, it didn't line up with her also remembering that Adam and Eve— had already been to America in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So Whoops. it's like, wait a minute, how can both of these things be true? Yeah. Were, you know, did people from across the pond discover it in Chris's time or before that? Which is it, right? right. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's the thing. I think uh, people start looking into some of this stuff and realizing this is a bunch of crap. It doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense. doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Why are we wasting all of this time and energy and money on this made-up thing. Yeah. I know that millennials are leaving in droves, and I wonder how many millennials who are staying are only staying to make their parents feel better. They they really don't believe, and mm-hmm. they're like, as soon as my parents die, I'm out of here. You Oof, know? Yeah. Probably quite a few. Quite yeah, a few. Could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, what's next, Shelly? Well, that was good. You know what? We always have to get to our patrons. Oh, yeah. First of all, announcement. Those of you who signed up for the uh, 50% off Pride Month special. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, thank you. We had a lot, and that was 
awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but the special is over. Mm-hmm. So here is your choice. You can leave Patreon altogether. Boo. Oh, we don't like that choice. No. Because with that choice comes weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, and you can't be uh, put in the drawing for future prize packs. Yeah, and more than any of that, my feelings will be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> or, okay. or you could choose to continue to support us on whatever tier you like, and you will experience joy as you continue down the covenant path. Oh, my goodness. No pressure. No pressure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, get in there. Check them out. We have lots of different tiers. Yeah, uh, I hope sure that, that you getting a taste of it for half off makes you want to say, yay, I want to stay. Um, the minimum tier would be the $6 tier in order to continue to get access to all the videos. Yep. That is a true story. Boom. So, now, we once again met our weekly goal of five new Patreon subscribers, and I am ready to tell their names. Let's do it. All right. First Patreon subscriber is Amy. All right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Going to meet Amy one of these days. Okay. Next is Derek B. Thank you, Derek B. Excellent. Then we have Suzanne G. Suzanne G. Okay. Like the original G. Suzanne. Mary's staring at me blankly. Uh, next, Emily J. Thank you so much, Emily J. Mm-hmm. And finally, one of my favorite names, Judith Lavender Dancer. Oh, the whole Thank thing. Thank you. So the whole thing. It is. Thank you all so much for your support. Yes. Super appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as a reminder, if you would like to support this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash Lesbian to sign up. Please and thank you. You're welcome. What's next? Next up, guess what? What? We have a pod to pimp. Oh. Can I say it? <laughs> yeah. Can I say it with you? Q music. Pimp your pod. Oh yeah. Pimp your pod. I tried to beat you. Yeah, I feel like you were trying to jump the gun there. Mm-hmm. You didn't want me to be part of your musical cueing. I mean, it's kind of what I do. Is it okay? Because you know you coined that expression. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this podcast is exciting because. Uh, we did it via Zoom, I think. Uh, it doesn't matter how we did it, but typically when I'm on a podcast or when we're on a podcast, we have headphones on and we can see the person who, who is interviewing us, but it's just the audio that gets published. Mm-hmm. Um, I was unaware that it was the video as well that would get published. Oh, wow. Were you wearing a bra? I don't know, because <laughs> typically I'm not. Um, but my hair was kind of shaggy. Okay. Uh, I might have picked my nose a few times. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, this podcast I, that I was on was super fun. This lady had the most amazing accent. Her name is Ellis, and her podcast is Ellis in Wonderland Podcast. So let All me right. spell this out for you. Okay. Ellis is E-L-L-I-S. N is obviously I-N. <laughs> Wonderland. Okay, get this right. It's W-U-N-D-E-R-L-A-N-D podcast. So make sure you spell that correctly. You can find it, do a search for that on YouTube. Maybe it's German, like Wunderland. Wunderland. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Anchor.fm slash Ellis-in-wonderland. Again, spelled with a U. Can't you just do a little search on your favorite podcast app? You can, but if you accidentally spell it wrong... It won't come up. It won't come up. All right. W-U, people. W-U. You can scroll and find the picture of me so you know that's me, or you can check it out on the tubes. Is there an episode... Title or? Um, I'm looking and I don't know. It says introducing Shelly Johnson. So if that's confusing to you all, then I don't I don't know how to help you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we will also po- post links so you can find it. Okay. That way. Let's do that. Okay. That sounds good. There you go. That was super, super fun. She was easy to talk to. I don't know. Check it out. What'd you guys talk about? Oh, just life, Mormonism, everything. You just stuff. Gay stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. Coming out. Lesbian, Mormon stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes to all of those things. That sounds about right. All right. Well, where does that lead us, Shelley? Well, now we're going into one of my favorite segments. Mm -hmm. The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Or Foom Pod. Foom Pod. Okay. Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. What's today's Foom Pod, Shelley? This one is going to spark a lot of discussion. Will it? It will. So... Today's fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is 
the still small voice. Still small voice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know that this is a biblical reference, right? Is it? Mike, you're not stumping me today. Well, tell me what it is, because right now I think you're kind of off. Well, I, I don't know exactly the book of the Bible that it's in. I know it's in the Old Testament. Are it's, we not biblical scholars? <laughs> nope, not a <laughs> biblical scholar. And I believe it's like, it's a prophet, so like I, shoot, I don't remember. Ezekiel? Isaiah? Sure. I don't know. A prophet. Okay. <laughs> sure it wasn't Nephi? It made up. Was it Gordon B. Hinckley? <laughs> It was an actual prophet oh, from the Old oh, Testament. Okay, gotcha. And there was a cave involved. Okay, so I'm not getting all the details right, but here's the deal. Uh, God said to this prophet, and now I'm Is I'm it in the lion's den? No, that's, that's Daniel. Daniel. There okay. was just a cave. Okay, I don't know. He went to a cave. I don't <sighs> know. All right. Anyway, the point was this prophet was trying to look for God in, uh, I think, a windstorm. God was not in the windstorm. Then he looked for him in an earthquake, I think, maybe. Not in the earthquake. There was a That's fire. A lot of traveling. <laughs> I don't know where he was. <laughs> maybe in the desert and there was all this so stuff. So he was near a windstorm <laughs> and an earthquake. What else? It might not And have... he went in a cave. And there was a fire. And a fire. <laughs> Shit, he needs to move. <laughs> I don't think it was all on the same day. I don't think. Well, still, to find all of those natural... <laughs> well, he was trying to find God in all these um, these natural occurrences or something. Okay. Disasters, if you will. Did he try typhoon? Why did he think God was like in a natural disaster? I don't know. Earthquake. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Would you do that? Like I don't, yell like down into the, the earthquake? Into the chasm? Chasm. <laughs> I'm not sure why God is in any of those things. But God was like, hey, dumbass, you're not going to find me in a windstorm or whatever, mm-hmm. or a disaster. I'm going to smell. <laughs> Leave it in, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to smell into your ear. <laughs> no. I'm cutting that shit out. No. Uh, Mary, that's real good. I was trying to get very serious for a second. Oh, okay. <clears throat> God Go. says to Ezekiel or Isaiah or whoever the fuck, that's not where you're going to find me, dude. Still small voice. I come in a still, small voice. How many people are asleep right now because I just said it like that? This week on Sleepy Shorts. <laughs> but anyway, that's the whole point. I God, mean, God doesn't talk to you through like big mountains and shit. I don't know. Not mountain. Mountain wasn't on the list. <laughs> Fire, earthquake, windstorm. Those three things. Doesn't talk to you that way. Okay. Still small voice. All right. Well, I think Mormons kind of stole that or tried to capitalize on that. Um, the still small voice, you are correct in that it is how mm, the spirit of God whispers to you. The spirit of God. The spirit. I, f- I feel like I got this right because I pretty much could sort of kind of quote the Bible, actual Bible verse. All right, give yourself the fucking bell. Okay, but can now we talk about more of what it is to Mormons? It, which is messed up. Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, first of all, um, I looked up a primary hymn. Okay. By the way, I, I was always very upset as a child that I never heard the still small voice. It, what was it supposed to be? Just like you Jesus hear, talking to you? like you something's in you hear it. Well, here, I'll listen. Here, leave it in, Dan. I, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here are two still small voice songs. Through a still small voice, the Spirit speaks to me to guide me to save me from the evil I may see. How sad that kids have to sing songs about (laughs) needing to be saved from evil. What Uh the fuck? (laughs) If I try to do what's right, he will lead me through the night, direct me, protect me, and give my soul his light. Listen, listen, the Holy Ghost will whisper. Listen, listen to the still, small voice. Okay. So a lot of Christians kind of think that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are sort of one thing anyway, like that whole three and one Well, Mormons don't really believe that. Yeah, so they're saying it's not God who talks to you, it's the Holy Spirit who talks to you. Correct. That's what Mormons are saying. But here's the thing, is when you get older, people start to tell you, no, it's it's not an audible voice that you would hear, it's like an impression on your heart. Well, why the fuck are you telling these kids to listen for a voice? Right. I used to, like, listen all the time. <laughs> Didn't hear shit. I would pray, listen, nothing. Huh. Except for feeling like no clearly one was, you were doing it wrong. <laughs> clearly, no one was protecting me from evil because I couldn't hear the still small voice. Here's wow. another one. This is uh, this by the way from the so children's much. songbook. Here's another one. Listen, listen. Ooh, you can see this sing this one in a round. It's fucking Frere awesome. Jaca? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Listen to the still small voice. Listen. Listen. When you have to make a choice, he will guide you. Always. 
Why is it always a guy? Why is it always a dude that's going to guide you? Yet another reason why I don't want my kids being raised in any form of Christianity because it's so male-centered. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. If If we're all guessing at what it is anyway... Why do we have to put in a whole story about the men do everything? If we're just going to make something up, throw some women in there. Give these girls something to strive for. Well, you are forgetting that when the time that the original scriptures were jotted down, women were property. True. And I don't know that it was much better in Joseph Smith's day. But jo- why don't we Joseph change it? Smith's why day. don't we change it? You're talking to the wrong person. You're no. asking questions that I cannot answer. I'm not mm-hmm. in charge of religion, for goodness mm-hmm. sake. Mm-hmm. Okay, another thing about listening to the still small voice. This is a very, very morbid, but do you remember the story? Don't know why I can't remember of her name of the lady who drowned her her sons in the bathtub. Drowned oh, them. Lordy. And of course she was arrested, hauled off, and she said that she heard a voice tell her that's what she needed to do to save them from the wickedness of the world. Wow. So um she listened to the still small voice and killed her children. What religion was she? Oh, I don't. I don't know. You she don't wasn't know. Mormon. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm not saying that she. <laughs> I'm not saying that religious people will kill their children at all. What I'm saying is, different people hear things in different ways. Mm-hmm. She obviously had some kind of a problem, and she heard a voice telling her to kill her children, and she thought this was a righteous thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if these same types of people were hearing voices and quotations in their mind to take multiple underage wives, you know, yeah. to do anything. You you can convince yourself to want to do anything and say that it's it's the Holy Ghost telling you to do so. I mean, look at the Old Testament. Is it Genesis where Abraham pretty much almost killed his kid? Yeah. Right? What kind of douchey God would send the Spirit to tell him to kill your kid to prove his loyalty? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that happened. And if it did, it sucks. <laughs> it real, real suck. bad. It sucks bad. Yeah. Um. So another thing about the Holy Ghost— it's what they call the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. mostly in Mormonism, is it's just drilled into you that you need to have this as a constant companion. You don't get the gift of the Holy Ghost until you're eight years old. Huh. And this is so vital <laughs> that they're like forcing kids practically to get baptized so that they can have this gift. And they talk about how it's an impression that makes you feel good, that you feel warm inside. What about all the people that don't feel shit? Like everyone, like me, <laughs> when I got baptized, like, yeah. I didn't feel forgiven of sins and, and, and the Holy inside. Ghost. Yeah. So they tell you you're going to feel that way. Yeah, you feel clean. The Holy Ghost feels like, gosh, I remember my sister-in-law explaining it to her son at the time, it feels like butterflies in your chest. What if you don't feel that? I felt then butterflies you... in my chest when you and I kissed. <laughs> was that, I think Ooh, that was the spirit. That, was that the spirit moving mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. It's like you tell kids— that they're going to feel these things, mm-hmm. and then they don't feel them, mm-hmm. and then they think, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Or they'll feel something like, I think that when you help someone, you feel good inside. And so if a child helps someone, they feel good inside, and they're like, oh, well, this is the Holy Ghost. Like, why do you have to attach some sort of weird religious thing to just— To just every good feeling Every you good ever feeling have. that you've ever had. Yeah. Because it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Because I've had extremely good feelings doing things that, by Mormon standards, are wicked. Like These, making out with me. Like making out with my lady mm-hmm. friend, mm-hmm. Mary. So <laughs> I wanted to play this short clip really quickly. This is Boyd K. Packer, mm-hmm. who is dead. Okay. <laughs> it's a temple line. But yeah, he's dead. Uh, anyway, but this is just a short clip of him explaining the still small voice. Here okay. we go. The Holy Ghost speaks with a voice that you feel more than you hear. It is described as a still, small voice. And while we speak of listening to the whisperings of the Spirit, most often one describes the Spirit prompting by saying, I had a feeling. Okay, so here we have an apostle of the Lord speaking for God, saying that the still, small voice is a feeling. Okay. So I remember one time coming over to your apartment when we were, or your condo, sorry, when we were first dating, and I knocked on the door and you said, come in, and I walked in and you were sitting on your couch typing some some shit. <laughs> and like my heart was just overwhelmed with how much I loved you and how much I felt for you. And it was almost unbearable, like, oh my gosh, this this feeling, this feeling, this feeling. Well, I've been told my typing is sexy. So sexy. <laughs> typey, typey, with your glasses all pushed up on your nose. Um, but that feeling, had that feeling occurred in the temple, mm-hmm. 
then that would have been the still small voice telling me that the temple was where I needed to be and the church was true. And the Holy Spirit was somehow communicating with Yeah. You. This is such a messy way of deciphering truth. Right. If you always go with what you feel, it's not going to always line up with what your church is telling well, maybe you. maybe the Holy Ghost was telling you that I was the person you wanted to be with. Oh, hell yeah, if the Holy <laughs> Ghost was involved. But if I had gone to my bishop and said, hey, bishop, we've got a problem here. The Holy Ghost has confirmed in my heart that I am to be with this woman. Mm -hmm. And he would have said, you're listening to an evil spirit. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that, no pressure, but good luck discerning all of that, people. Yeah, right? Good mm -hmm. luck with that completely. But then the church does this great snow job of, you know, saying, well, that's the spirit you're feeling. And then if yeah. you don't do all the things that they're requiring you to do, then you're on the outs with them or you're mm -hmm. being punished for something. Yeah, or you will never be happy. This mm -hmm. is the only way to go. Yep. Which brings us to a he said what. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shall we do our intro? Are we doing the counting again? Three, two, two one. one. He said what? <laughs> okay, today's He Said What is brought to you by one of our favorite dead men. <laughs> I'll resist commenting on that uh -huh. this week. <laughs> Spencer W. Kimball. And he was a prophet? Douchebag no? extraordinaire. Yes, prophet. He was a prophet. Even okay. douchier than Oaks because he's older. Well, he's dead now, but he was around like in the 70s. He was in charge of all the shit. I see. This is what he said in his book, The Miracle of Forgiveness, which by the oh, way, yeah. we need to do an entire damn episode about that and I keep forgetting. Mm -hmm. And he's speaking about excommunication, how bad it is to be excommunicated. How bad is it? This is about the saddest thing which could happen to an individual. Better that he suffer poverty, persecution, sickness, and even death. <laughs> a true Latter-day Saint would far prefer to see a loved one in his coffin than excommunicated from the church. Wow. Whoa. So I'd rather you be dead. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's saying your relatives— Mm -hmm. would rather see you dead than excommunicated. That's well, what he suggests. Well, not my relatives, but a true, oh, true. Latter-day Saint. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not just saying any. It's like if you are the best of the best Latter-day Saints, like you should be striving to be, then you would rather see your family member dead than excommunicated. Well, that's what basically saying— It is a pricky thing to say. And it's basically saying, as a true Latter-day Saint, you should judge. Mm -hmm. You should judge anyone else who is not living up to these standards. Right. Um, and then the ultimate judgment is you wish them dead mm -hmm. when they're excommunicated. Exactly. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. So yep. if you are trying to find your own spirituality within the church and you have grown up in this douchebag's day and age, which is in the 70s, which is most LDS people. I don't know. I just said that. Um, <laughs> the ones who are still remaining. The ones who are still remaining. <laughs> and you are being told by your prophet mm -hmm. that it is better that your excommunicated family be dead like, how does that affect the way you view your spirituality? Yeah, holiday spirituality. time with a family is real fun, I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, I know, that. right? So you can't look at someone who has left the church and look at them as like, huh, I wonder what they discovered. I wonder what it is that's making them happy. You're like, oh my God, it would be better if they were dead. Yeah. Does that not warp your ability to find truth and to find yourself? Like, that's so fucked up. Well, of course it does. I, I, I posted something on Twitter a while ago, and I don't remember. It was something about how the church stole the first half of my life. I was being slightly overdramatic, but not really. And so many jerkwad people were like, you made your own choices. You made your own decisions. Stop blaming the church. Um, When your teachings of your prophet coming from God are that it's better to be dead than to not be a Mormon— yeah. How do you think that affects your decisions? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm so sick of that attitude. Mm -hmm. Like, you made your own choices. It's like, yeah, I guess, but— But the, no, you didn't. What were the choices? Do do FLDS women choose to be polygamous wives and wear that shitty outfits and have all those kids? Do you think a woman chooses that, or are they raised in it? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and look how tough it is for this 14-year-old boy, Jacob, to— even deal with his feelings of, I don't think this is real anymore, but I'm stuck in this life. He's yeah, can, contemplating suicide. Can you imagine if we replied and we were like, Suck Jake, up, if you kid. have a choice, <laughs> why are you acting like you don't have a choice? Just tell your parents, I'm done, and leave. Like, well, seriously? What the fuck is that? Is that what those the people on Twitter are—do you think that's what they mean? That they That you should have gone back in time and, like— just said, F this shit, I'm out of here? Is that what they're uh, saying? They, would, they didn't address my childhood, but as an adult, you know, you should you should know better. It's like, no, that's not—at what at what age 
does the brainwashing leave? Oh, it takes a long time. That's what I'm saying. I, it wasn't until I was 40 where I was like, oh my God, I need to I need to figure this out. We have listeners, and Gishelli, I'm going to put you in the same category. They're still, years and years later, unraveling this stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. And they'll listen to an episode and trigger. And they're mm-hmm. like, I got to walk away for a while. Yep. On one hand, you can look at it and say, oh wow, that was some crazy crap that I subscribe to and my whole family believes in. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, your brain is so trained to believe it's true that you still fight that feeling, what if What if it's right? It yeah. sounds completely nuts, but what if it's still right? And yeah. what if I'm evil and what if I'm wrong? Oh, we get and, so many letters yeah. like that where people list off all the bullshit yeah. and how hurt they've been and how it's destroyed their life. And then they're like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, what, is, what if it's right? What if it's yeah. true? What am I doing? What if I've ruined my entire eternity? I know. How do you unravel all that? I know. Well, according to some of these trolls on Twitter, you know— Stop blaming everyone else. You chose that. No one else. Like, that uh-huh. is complete bullshit. So anyone listening right now who gets frustrated with a friend or relative or whatever who does not believe but still stays in, cut some slack. Yeah. It's not easy. Right. Um, and your family who still believes, cut some slack. It's not easy. It's not easy to take that first look outside of the morgue. It's mm-hmm. just not. The morgue? <laughs> yeah, Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Borg, Morg. The Mormon uh, frozen death No, you know, like the Borg in uh, oh, Star Trek, uh-huh. who like, they're all like of one mind and do all the same shit. It's oh, called the Morg. Were you, were you trying to be clever? No, that that's a, a thing. That's a thing? Uh-huh. Morg? The Morg. <laughs> Mormons don't call themselves that. Oh my gosh, that would have been such a good foom pod. Fuck! <laughs> I thought you were talking about like, you know, toe tags and refrigerated boxes. Oh, <laughs> That would have been brilliant. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's too bad. Wasted I'm going to use a, a blinky thing and erase your memory so we can use it again. I have a whole Just list, like by the Michael way. Just like Michael and Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to Mary P. for directing my attention to a Facebook thread of people listing a bunch of foom pods. They didn't know they were listing foom pods, but those are foom pods. And so I wrote a bunch down. And, and still send them in, by the way. Do we have anyone to thank for still small voice today? That was all me, baby. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I got that one right. You did. You did. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. All right. Should we take a break and then when we come back, dive into some spirituality letters? Absolutely. Okay. Wait, wait. Let me see. Yeah, I don't feel any whisperings of the Spirit. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to keep listening. Did you get confirmation from the Holy Ghost? Not yet. All right. Well, still waiting. I'm going to. Maybe sh- I should go to an earthquake or uh, cave. Or cave. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one? I think after. You know what? Tsunami. After the what? fire, the. The winds and the Fire. earthquake, you uh-huh. are going to want to retreat to a cave because it's probably the safest spot. So that's where he went and heard the still small voice? Um, I think God was just kind of like, what are you doing here, Isaiah or no, no, Ezekiel? God. No. Is it always weird that God name? doesn't just like chat with people these days like he did back in the old book days? <laughs> Why can't I remember this prophet's name? Gordon B. Joseph baby. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's take a break. Got to pay some bills. And we're back. Hi. Hi. So, we are going to kick off the spirituality segment. Uh, I kind of want to tell a little story, if that's okay. Story time? Always. Okay. So, when we were in Utah for Pride, we met with Jesse and Skyler, our new buddies from Salt Lake City. They also have a podcast. SMRL Podcast. That's right. We've pimped it a couple times. We met up with... I think it was Jesse's sister and brother-in-law, and then they had friends. Remember, we met this whole group of people. Loved them, yes. One of the friends had a similar background to me. Well, that's right. The whole charismatic evangelical upbringing thing, Mm -hmm. speaking in tongues, the whole deal. And then we compared notes on something that I had completely forgotten about, slaying in the spirit. Have you heard of this? (laughs) This is not a Mormon thing. (laughs) No, it's not. Which is unfortunate, because I might have stayed. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Have you ever seen videos of ministers with their hands raised, and they they just sort of touch you on your forehead, and people are falling back like dominoes? Mm -hmm. So that happened to me once. We had attended, when I was growing up, when I was first going to Sunday school and stuff, actually, I think my mother, she started taking us to a Methodist church in this little town where I grew up. Then, you know, that minister went to some revival tent meeting, found Jesus and the Holy Spirit and stuff, came back, and basically the place was kind of a different experience. Gotcha. Yeah, not your typical Methodist experience after that. 
Then I think he retired, and we didn't like the new pastor, so Mom started taking us to an Assemblies of God Church. I don't mm-hmm. know if people are familiar with that denomination. Went there for a while. And then I think friends of my mother said, hey, there's this other minister, this guy we know, starting up a church. He's leasing a building like as part of a shopping center. <laughs> He's going to put a Very church in there. Cool. <laughs> well, yeah, shop and then go be saved. <laughs> there you go. Save and shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> name. Right? So went to that church. We're supporting this new startup ministry thing, non-denominational. Friends of ours also led the music at that church. So lots of people we knew were going. Well, this guy, this minister was very charismatic, and people in the church uh, were, you know, doing the whole thing, raising your hands and getting it all into the spirit and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was like a series of Sundays where people were being slain in the spirit, where the music does a thing, and he's got his hands up, and people are speaking in tongues, and his hand goes on your forehead, and people come up if they want to do this, be part of this. Mm-hmm. And I did one Sunday— People get so caught up in it, you know, and it's that like you're feeling the spirit or you're feeling something. I don't yeah, know what. what is it that you're feeling? It's kind of like being um, a little high on something. Mm-hmm. It's what it kind of feels like. It's like you're kind of lose control a little bit and you feel a little lightheaded. I don't know. It's weird. Is it's, it like anxiety? Is it? Mm-mm. It's not like that. It's more like being on some sort of drug trip. You're in this, like, almost a trance. Hmm. I don't know. I guess your brain can just allow you to do this sort of thing. You just get overcome with this feeling, and it's like a trance-like feeling. It's probably similar to being hypnotized, I would think. Weird. Yeah. You just get caught up in it. And the suggestions that are coming from the pulpit or whatever, and you're just into it, and then, boom, everybody's going over like dominoes. Does anybody get hurt? No, there's people behind you catching you. Oh, God. The catchers. <laughs> the catchers. So you got you got slain and you fell? Yeah, I fell back and people were there to catch you and they just lie on the floor for a minute and all in your trancey stuff, your state. And then you kind of get up and go back to your seat. <laughs> this that's, is so weird that you did I, that. Yeah, that's what it was like for me. Mm-hmm. So explain it. Like, what, what was that? Because you clearly don't believe in that shit now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what that was. I think it's similar to heart cell. I just think it's when you get mm, caught gotcha. up in a feeling and yeah. a and a moment, you know, or when you were watching that movie Arrival and it got you in the feels. It's like any kind of a thing where you're caught up with people and you're thinking similar thoughts and the music's doing a thing and you're just you're feeling stuff that you can't explain, and then your brain is like kind of checked out, and you kind of go into this trance-like state, and then boom, you're over. It all sounds very Jesus-y. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't think about Jesus one time. No, that's what I think. <laughs> no, I think you're supposed to be, and maybe I was thinking about Jesus or the Spirit or whatever. I don't. It beats the hell out of me now. It's so wacky. It is really wacky. And I'd forgotten about it. Here's what's kind of funny about that situation, though. I think within the year, mm-hmm. uh, it turned out that minister was having an affair with one of his parishioners. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. So we stopped going. Yeah. <laughs> so no more being slain in the spirit. No, huh? no, we sure didn't after that. Man, that is wacky. Thank you for that uh, little look into the window of Mary's spirituality <laughs> from days of her youth. Yeah, and I don't know what that was. It's just looking back on it, it's not anything that I want in my life. Yeah. It's just I don't want that, you no. know? Um, it didn't feel real necessarily. It just kind of felt like you're caught up in some sort of narrative or dream or something. Did you ever, as you got older, look back on that and have that be like a faith-affirming experience? Or did you just look back and be like, I don't know, it's weird? Yeah. I mean, anytime I felt like that, whatever connection feeling, I, I felt like that was faith-affirming at that time, for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. It's just, now that I'm an adult and can make my own decisions and, I don't know, it just doesn't feel real. It just feels make-believe. It just does. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you go to Disney for a day and you get caught up in like the pristine whatever and it's all fairies and I think it smells like throw up and trash personally, (laughs) but okay. Coming not from a, a mom. fan, baby, this not is, a fan. Is, this is the mom perspective. I know. Speaking of, I've got to take my damn kids to uh, King's Dominion again next week oh. for more throw up and trash smell. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you enjoy that. Thanks. Um, I don't know. I just think that it's designed to make you get caught up in, in a feeling 
that to me, it's not real. I think other people go there and they experience that sort of thing. And it's like their weekly drug dose of good feelings, you know, and your, your body probably gets accustomed to it and expects it. And it's easier to get slain. Yeah, maybe. It's like you kind of go into this like trance-like thing and maybe it's like endorphins or melatonin or serotonin or one of the tonins <laughs> been rele- is being released Something. in your brain. Uh-huh. And you're like, Woo! It's probably dopamine, but that's not dopamine. a tonin. There it is. Dopamine. That's yeah. it. That's the word I was looking for. Yep. Yeah, so maybe it's that. Maybe yeah. your brain is releasing a lot of dopamine and you're like, this is awesome. Well, and you know what? That doesn't, uh, I don't care. Like, it, it doesn't bother me that people do that. I think it's silly. Um, but I don't, I'm not like, don't do that. It doesn't bother me. What bothers me is if that is then people are being told because you felt this way that X, Y, or Z is true and you need to behave this certain way. Yeah. That's what bothers me. I'm fine with people doing whatever they want. If you mm-hmm. want to go get slain by the Spirit, if you want to go, you know, whatever it is, whatever your religious thing is, um, great. But when you then use that to decide that you are the only correct religion and then you use that to shame your family who doesn't believe or your children or other people like that's fucked up don't do that yeah the judgment part of that is is the horrible part yeah for sure was that religion that you were in at the time was it a very judgmental everyone needs to be assembly of god followers no not necessarily did they feel like they were just part of christianity yeah now churches like that that are more charismatic evangelical mm-hmm. may look down on traditional Methodist, Presbyterians, Lutherist, Baptists as being sort of a, like a lesser yeah. version of Christianity. Same with Catholics. Why is that? Why do they always have to judge someone else? Why does that have to be your benchmark? Yeah, I'm here, which puts everyone else lower. Well, I think that the, those evangelical churches believe that they are manifesting the fruits of the Spirit mm-hmm. more blessed, so. Blessed be the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger. Under his eye. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that they think they're manifesting the fruits of the Spirit more than those other churches, so that makes them more Jesus-like. Wow. I think. Well, I, for one, am very, very glad that my new religion now is this podcast (laughs) because it takes up probably as much time as being Mormon did, which is most of my time, but this (laughs) is more fruitful. Speaking of fruits. Fruits of spirit. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, if that's your thing and you're going to a church every week and feeling like a big dose of spirit or whatever that is, and, Mm -hmm. and it's got a kind of a chemical reaction in your brain similar to doing drugs. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. If that's how you feel connected to something outside yourself and that is your version of religion, again, what Shelly's saying is you do you, mm-hmm. just don't judge anybody else for not doing that. That's right. the problem with religion. Yep. That's yep. the problem. And Mormons for sure have cornered the market on that whole one true church oh, thing. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Other churches don't necessarily worry about it as much. I don't know. They probably all sort of covertly Sure, they might all think, think that, that, but Mormons say it. Yeah. They yeah. will tell people, you need to get baptized because we are the only ones with authority to baptize you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Should we move into a couple listener letters? Spirituality letters, let's do it. Okay. So this first one is actually a recording. Ooh, cool. Via Anchor Messages. Let's get more of those, guys. Yeah. Leave some. Those are pretty fun. Yep. We like to hear your lovely voices. I know. So this is from Lexi, and I'm going to go ahead and play this. Hey, Mary. Hey, Shelly. How are you guys? This is Lexi calling from Tampa, Florida. First off, I love you guys, and I love your podcast. Um, you guys both crack me up. Um, so I kind of wanted to share my story uh, a little bit about my spirituality. And guess what? You do have a Mormon listener. I don't know. There is somebody left. Um, so I kind of want to explain my spirituality because that's I'm so happy you guys brought up this question because I've wondered this as well before too. Because I've seen people leave the church, but you don't really see a lot of Mormons go and become Catholics or say and go become Lutherans. You really don't see Mormons when they leave the church go to any sort of particular church or denomination that I feel like they almost kind of go blinked. So where I'm at now is I actually still go to church and I think the only reason that I do is I think the family pressure plays a huge part in it and the church when you grow up in it is so much a part of your life. It's part of who you are whether you like it or not whether how dangerous and harmful it may be. It's it's part of you. It's very hard to leave and it instills almost a culture in you that mormon culture so it is very hard to break off and break away so you know i feel lost um i 
I feel like y'all make very good points in your podcast, and I agree 100%, and I'm I'm embarrassed almost when you brought up Dallin A. jokes. I'm embarrassed, and I, I, I don't want to say I'm Mormon. I'm embarrassed. Like, I don't agree with that. I don't support it, but I also don't really know where to go. So for my spirituality, what I choose to believe is I, I do believe in God still, and I do believe in Jesus Christ. We're taught that God is empathetic, non-judgmental, loving, and, and the same thing for Jesus Christ. We're taught all these wonderful, perfect characteristics. And to be honest, I'm not really sure if God exists. I, I'm not sure. I don't have an answer. Um, I really don't have proof, but it sure makes me feel better to believe that he's there, you know. I saw this quote the other day. It's like, I'd rather live my life believing that there is a God and going to heaven finding out that there isn't than not believing in a God here and then going to heaven finding out that there is. So it's just a personal thing for me. Believe in good. Make good happen. I don't think there's a lot of good happening in the Mormon church right now. I just don't really see a lot of action. Anyways, thank you so much, guys, for all that you do in your podcast. Um, truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's just someone understands and someone gets me. I have a really hard relationship with my mother it could be Shelly's dad versus my mom, the battle of the narcissistic psychopaths, let me tell you. But anyways, I love you guys, and I'm so grateful that um, I've stumbled upon your podcast. Thank you, Lexi, for that voice memo. Yes, love you too, Lexi. Um, it's interesting what she was saying about her mom versus your dad. Yeah, the battle of the narcissistic <laughs> psychopaths. That's fantastic. <laughs> we'll just put him in the octagon and see. Let I duke it out. Duke yeah. It out. Mm-hmm. So she is currently still attending Mormon services, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She's still going to church. Because of family pressure mm-hmm. from growing up in it. I thought it was very interesting that she said she didn't know if she believed in God or not. That's a rare thing in people who still go to Mormon church because you have to like swear, yes, there is a God. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated and loved her attitude of, you know, I would rather believe in a God and then realize there isn't one than, than you know, not believe and realize that there is one. Which I get, and the only reason I'm cool with that coming from her is because she talked about that God is love, and Jesus preaches love, love, love. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with people who worship and believe in something that is love. Sure. It's it's awesome. That's only going to make you be a better person. Yeah. It's the people who worship the God that's vengeful and judgmental and discriminatory. That's what fucks you up. Absolutely. It's kind of like New Testament— Jesus versus Old Testament God. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it feels like. But in spite of that, people who are, you know, quote, born again Christians and following Jesus and are supposed to be Christ-like, they forget that. Yeah. And they want to revert back to the judgment of the Old Testament yeah. God for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Maybe that's just, they just want to, I don't know, is it they want to feel better than other people or— I don't know. Maybe when when you feel like you're doing all the things right and someone else isn't, you feel like you need to call them out. And then you were bolstered even more because look at me and God, we're on the same team and you down there need to be punished and told that you are wrong. It's like, if I do all the things, then I'm going to get a better reward than somebody who doesn't do all the things. I guess. I mean, it's it's all screwed up. I was talking to a friend this morning on the phone and he lives in Utah, and we were just catching up, and he was saying about how he gets so frustrated in that anytime he runs into someone, people come into his work or whatever, and he's chatting, meeting new people, that it doesn't take long for them, these people that he's meeting, to start talking about going to the temple and— Wow, it's customers? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just people who—that's just what you talk about. It's almost like this big dick measure hmm. to see who's the most righteous. Well, what's right. your calling? Oh, well, I serve as so-and-so in the ward, or I'm in the state presidency, and oh, yeah, you know, I'm a temple, blah, 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 attendance. It's so they just, brag about these positions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see that as very Jesus-like personally. No, but and not at all. Jesus didn't brag. Mm-hmm. Um, that we know of. That we know of. <laughs> I mean, he turned that water into wine. That's some serious That's the, bragging, right? <laughs> well, he can brag all he wants <laughs> about that saying. to me. I don't care. Make me some wine, uh-huh. Jesus. Um, but just the fact that people are bragging about those things shows that they are somehow in their lives trying to climb this spiritual ladder so yeah. that the, they they can look down on the person who hasn't climbed as high. And that's stupid. What a waste of time. It is, and it's mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. My feeling on any kind of weird hierarchical rewards in either this life or the next life, which I don't believe in, but let's say they're true. Why can't you just do the thing that makes you feel good? If you want to be more spiritual than Joe Schmo on the street, 
Joseph Smith, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> then go ahead and do the things that you feel like make you spiritual, but don't worry about what someone else is doing. That's that whole moat and beam thing again. It's the it's the <laughs> splinter out of your get the it's get the, the bone and the meat. <laughs> bone. <laughs> get the plank out of your eye before you uh-huh. so you can see clearly to yep. take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Well, unfortunately, it seems that in a lot of religious cases, and even not religious cases, people tend to want to be better than others. Yeah. And I just find it to be a lot more offensive in the religious world because you can claim that God is on your side, and I find that pretty offensive. Well, because no one knows what God is—who's—who's who's, A, no one knows if there is a God, B, no one knows whose side he's on or if he even has sides. No, and the Mormon version of heaven is already set up to be hierarchical. Oh, for sure. And polygamous. Let's not forget that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, so you have to be striving to be the best yep. to get into the highest echelon of uh, the celestial kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But back to Lexi— um, it's interesting that she is embarrassed for Mormons. She is not sure exactly where she's feeling about it right now, but I mean, she goes currently. Mm-hmm. She attends church currently. And uh, it's got to be a very confusing time for her because, you know, her parents are all in. Perhaps she has a community there. You know, it's that's the thing. It's like to make that decision to leave doesn't mean you have to— suddenly not believe in in God or Jesus. Right. You get to still believe in those things. She was saying that in her experience, many Mormons who leave the church don't end up landing anywhere. Correct. They don't go to church. Mm-hmm. And this goes to, perhaps this speaks to what we were talking about with it maybe feeling watered down, like all other versions of church might just, might feel just not what you're used to, and so it doesn't feel like it's maybe right for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you could. You could experiment with different denominations. Sure. Check some different ones out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that doesn't mean you don't have to go to church just because you might not feel like Mormonism is exactly right for you right. anymore. Speaking of different churches, I do believe the second letter that we're going to read talks about another option. Yes, indeed. Should yeah. we move on to it? Sure, let's do it. Okay. Thank you, Lexi. This one is from Nick. Uh, hey, Mary and Shelley, it was great to meet you at Salt Lake City Pride. I was the guy who had you help me find you on Pocket Cast. Little shout out to Pocket Cast. There. Thanks, Pocket Cast. <laughs> I wanted to share part of my faith crisis with you. I had been raised in a non denominational Christian home and got fairly deep into it through my high school years. I can relate to that. I went on several missions, normally a week or two, doing humanitarian work and evangelizing. In my mid 20s, I spent my time in, quote, Acts 27 churches. And he's going to explain what that is in a little bit. Training to be a church planter, I moved to Utah with the express idea that I would plant a church. And you fertilize it and water it, I think. You sure do. <laughs> little miracle grow. Weed it a little bit, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the supposed idea behind Acts 27 churches is that they claim to use logic as the basis of their theology. And he says in parentheses, you can see where this causes problems. <laughs> I was getting established in 2014, right around the time of the Bill Nye slash Ken Ham debate. I watched it going in ready to support Ken Ham and came out with a broken foundation of faith. Bill Nye had so completely broken the foundation that the Bible was true by dispelling the Ark story. Through a lot of soul-searching, I came to be an atheist. And he says six on the Dawkins scale. I don't actually know about the Dawkins scale. We should look into that. Mm -hmm. Which has led me to work with the Salt Lake Secular Alliance and looking to establish a chapter of the Satanic Temple here as a freedom from religion activist. So you had looked into this a little bit, yes, right? So what, you want me did to you, talk about that? Yeah, now? what did you find out about the Satanic Temple? So I know, as Mormons and as ex-Mormons and as religious people in general, the word Satanic Temple makes you think of, you know, fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone, devils. killing goats, sacrificing babies, like. There's a difference pentagrams. between pentagrams. And so we looked in, I looked into this because I didn't know, but there is a huge difference between the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple. Okay. So this is the Satanic Temple's website, and it says that the mission of the Satanic Temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense and justice, and be directed by the human conscience to undertake noble pursuits guided by the individual will. Politically aware, civic-minded Satanists and allies in the Satanic Temple have publicly opposed the Westboro Baptist Church. 
advocated on behalf of children in public school to abolish corporal punishment, applied for equal representation where religious monuments are placed on public property, provided religious exemption and legal protection against laws that unscientifically restrict women's reproductive autonomy, exposed fraudulent, harmful pseudoscientific practitioners and claims in mental health care, and applied to hold clubs alongside other religious after-school clubs in schools besieged by proselytizing organizations. Uh, so yeah, that's um, not what I thought it was. Right. Well, the name does kind of, you know, conjure up images, different images. Sure. For sure. What I also wanted to read really quickly was the Satanic Temple's seven fundamental tenets. So I would never would have thought this. Okay. After hearing the words satanic temple. Mm-hmm. First one, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Okay. Next, the freedom of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedom of another is to forego your own. Hmm. Beliefs should conform to our best scientific understanding of the world. We should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit our beliefs. Okay. People are fallible. If we make a mistake, we should do our best to rectify it and resolve any harm that may have been caused. And lastly, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? I had no idea. I was one of those, ah, Satan, blah, blah, blah. But I was glad to look into that. I'm like, huh. I wonder why they call it that. Well, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to really dive into it more. Um, You can go to thesatanictemple.com, which is where I found this information. Because, you know, the name is a little off-putting to Mm -hmm. me personally. Yeah. I agree with everything that you read, but I don't know that I could get behind. Like, it just it's just a name, but still, it's it just conjures up strange feelings. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if Satan existed. (laughs) (laughs) Let's call it Lucifer's church. Yeah. Either way, again, another option. I want to hear more about uh, this guy's story about wanting to start a new one. Because these fundamental tenets, I stand behind him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, those are great. He had one more aside, finishing Mm -hmm. up his letter. He said, the whole speaking in tongues and snake handling thing can be found in the book of Mark 16, 15 through 18. How come the Satan dude knows the scriptures better than we do, Mary? (laughs) (laughs) And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. Oh, there it is. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So there's your snake handling stuff. And um, yeah, (laughs) but because I think, you know, and I'd have to go back and read that book, Salvation on Sand Mountain. And the whole name was provided to me by uh, a listener. Oh. Laura W., thank well, you. Well, hey, Laura W., thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that title there mm-hmm. that had escaped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see what they're thinking is that, similarly, God and you know Jesus will protect them because they're handling snakes in the name of Jesus or something. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? Mm. Is that guy who was going to go preach Christianity to that little bitty island that was just untouched by technology or anything at all? And they didn't want anyone on their island, and so he went, and then they made him leave. And then he tried to go back, and they killed him with arrows. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> he thought he would be protected because he was preaching Christianity. Well, uh, well guess yeah. what? And they weren't interested. You, you didn't respect them, and you kind of got what was coming. Yeah. I mean, not to—I'm sure his family's really sad, um, but gosh, dude, you don't have this power mm-hmm. to go in and be disrespectful of people's cultures and push that on them when they've clearly said mm, no. Yeah, I don't. I just feel like uh, the Bible contradicts itself a lot. You mm-hmm. know, this whole uh, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's pretty harsh. Yeah, I, I don't and think Jesus is like that. Well, you know, it's the gospel of Mark, so supposedly Jesus said that, right? And that's tough. That's tough to reconcile that verse right there. Well, I tell you what, 
Yeah, you and I could sit here and talk about the same person, and I will pull different quotes from that person than you would, Mm -hmm. and I might remember different behaviors from that person than you would, and if we wrote them down, they might be very different. That's true. Maybe Mark was just a negative Nancy. He was an ass. (laughs) Mark, you're an ass. (laughs) There's that. Stop writing shit, Mark. You know what you're talking about. Stop quoting Jesus. It's wrong. Okay. All right. But not the the best Jesus quote right Mm -hmm. there. Gives a lot of fuel to a lot of uh, religions. Yep. Mormons, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that will uh, conclude, I think, our first discussion into spirituality. Yeah, I love it. And and so religion. far, we've talked about your being slain in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, current Mormon who doesn't really believe in Mormonism. She's but wrestling she's with She's wrestling. It, but she still believes in Jesus and God. In the loving part of them. Yep. So good for her. Mm-hmm. And also... Uh, Nick. Yeah, also Nick, who is looking forward to starting a satanic temple. And we read the seven tenets about what that is. So very interesting things to learn. Yeah, interesting discussion today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once again, if you would like to get in on this spirituality discussion, feel free. Give us a holler at latterdaylesbian.org slash contact. Lots of ways to get in touch with us listed right there in one handy spot. Mm-hmm. All righty. Love it. Let's, let's go drink will, some beer. <laughs> I guess that will wrap this one up. <laughs> Until next time, remember, steer clear of cults, because they are no joke. No joke. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.